0: And if you have your Bible tonight uh, right where you are, if you would turn me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew chapter 25. If you follow me on, on social media at all, you know that yesterday I made a post about this chapter. I was doing some studying, doing some reading. And uh, I, I know the Lord has been, has been dealing with me on engaging God's people and activating God's people into action in these last days. This is the last days. And God's people have to be activated and they have to be uh, doing something. And that's going to be the title of my lesson tonight will be do something, do something. And so if you have your Bible, Matthew 25, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 14. Listen to the story that Jesus tells here. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded the same and made them other five talents. Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two, but he that had received one, went and digged in the earth and hid the Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came home and cometh and reckoned with them. And so he that received five talents came and brought the five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents, or five more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And the Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou, hast, there thou hast that is thine. The Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. Cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I want to talk to you tonight about doing something, but before I do, before I really get into that, I, I, I want to continue reading here for you for just a moment because I want to draw the parallel here because Jesus is very clear and he says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the glory of angels with him, then, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And so this story that Jesus is telling us is that he, he is likening it to when the Son of Man shall come again. And I taught a lesson here or maybe preached a word here many, several years ago. um, And I talked about when the Lord cometh, let him find me so doing. Let him find me busy doing something. The story of the talents is, is a story of doing something and a story of doing nothing. Two of the servants did something with their money and the other servant did nothing with his money. And I, there's a few things here that I want to point out to you in this story because I want to make it uh, very relevant to you today and where you are in your life. And this, this story of this, this Lord, this master, who obviously had much, and he was leaving. His, his, he, he was leaving to go. The, the Bible says that, that he was going on a long journey. He took his journey and the Bible says that it was a far country that he left and when he left, he he gave his servants talents. Now, I want you to understand this for just a moment here. The only way this man was able to give talents to his servants is he gave them from his own talents. This, This wise and great master this wise and great master, if we, if we do the math, he had seven talents. He gave to one five, he gave to one two, and he gave to one one. And he gave these talents to them. And so he had seven talents of his own that he gave to his servants. He turned these talents over to them. They were his talents and he gave them to his servants I, I want to tell you today that, that whatever God has put in your hand, it came from him. It is a God talent. It is a master talent. It is a Lord talent. You may say, well, my, my talent is small or I don't know if I have a lot. Listen, if you have a talent from the master, then what you have is amazing. If you have a talent from the Lord, then what you have is amazing. He did not take these talents from somewhere else and give them to his servants, but he took them from his own self. These talents belonged to him. They were his talents that he gave for his servants to do something with while he was gone. Whatever you have in your hand, whatever you have the ability to do, God has put that talent in you. And it is a God talent, whether it be five, whether it be two, or whether it be one. God has a plan for your life. And whatever he gave you is enough. It's enough to shake the nations. It's enough to turn the world upside down because it's a God talent. You don't need five. If you just have one, you can be called a good and faithful servant. One was not better than the other. Both of these men, the one that had five and the one that had two, their reward was the exact same. Until the man who had one was taken from him and given to the one that had ten, until it was given to him, then you have to understand that both of these men, both of these men, they received the exact same reward. Now, in my mind, and and this is just me, this is the way I read the word, this is the way that these stories come alive to me, and I I believe it makes it relevant to us. Here's what I, I believe, that at the end of the day, the man who had five and the man who had two, the only one who left with anything was the one who had five. And I'll tell you why, because this was a, this was a gleaning and a gaining. This, this, this man who left, left his talents with them. When he came back, they gave him back his talents and they gave him what they had received. He gave one man five. When he came back, he got 10. That means the man who made 10 has nothing now. He gave his talents back to the Lord. The man who made his talents from two to four. When the master came back, he gave the master four talents. So therefore, he has no talents. They both are able to say, we are in the joy of the Lord. He said, I will make thee ruler over many things. There's things to come. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. But when he says to the servant who took his one and hid it, he says, give it to the one that had 10. Now that servant has one talent because he gave the 10 back to the Lord. He has one talent. See, it was just a decision to do something with the talents that got him one talent. What are you saying? I'm saying that the guy with 10 still winds up with one. No one is greater than the next in the kingdom. At the end of the day, everything I have is the Lord's. If the Lord decides to give me anything, that's on him. But everything I have is the Lord's. Our problem is is that we keep thinking that somehow it's ours. Somehow what we have is ours. Somehow the talents that we have belong to us. The the giftings that we have belong to us. The abilities that we have belong to us. God is not concerned with what belongs to you. It all belongs to the Lord. And when you start thinking that way and you realize that this all belongs to the Lord and my reward is not talents, but my reward is, is to be made ruler over many things and enter into the joy of the Lord. Many of us don't have the joy of the Lord in our life because we have done nothing with what we have. If you want true joy in your life, then do something with what you have. Do something, do anything. Let me just point something out to you here, something else that I saw in this scripture, in this story that came alive to me again. Is, is energy, is, is there, there was energy involved here. Listen, the, the guy that had five talents, he, he went and he, he exchanged it. It took energy to do that. It took time and effort. And, and he put in energy to make those five become 10. The man that had two, the same story, whatever he did to make it two, he gained another two Whatever he did there took energy and effort. But I, I want to point something out to you here. Is that the, the, the man who had one talent, the servant that had one talent, he was not energyless. less Because watch what he said. He that received one, this is verse 18. He that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. There's two things here I want to point out. Number The first thing I want to point out is it's the Lord's money. It's not his. It's the Lord's talent. It's not his ability. It's the Lord's ability. It's not his gift. It's the Lord's gift. And he he hides it, but it takes energy to dig a hole and to hide. It takes thought. It takes planning. He just just doesn't dig a hole. He had to have some tools and equipment. The same energy that it took for him to hide it, the Lord says to him, you could have just went and gave it to the money exchangers. The same energy that it took you to hide the talent, you could have used that same amount of energy to at least when I came back, I would receive my own with usury. At, at, at least you could have used that energy to do something. Do something. Listen, listen, There's a lot of people in this church, and you are using just as much energy to hide your talent as it would take for you to use your talent. You're using just as much energy to not be seen that would take for you to be seen. Here's what I want for you beginning in 2022, not just for 2022, but beginning in 2022. My, my prayer for you is that you do something this year. Do something. Don't just sit in the pew and take up a spot. Do something. You say, well, Pastor Chavez, what, what, what can I do? Well, what do you have? What are you able to do? And, and, and it may not even be something that you're good at, but do something. If you're taking the energy to dig a hole, then you can use that same energy to invest it somewhere. You you could have at least just did something with the money. You could have at least done something with the talent. You could have done something with the ability. Just something, just anything. When When I think about this church and I think about Truth Chapel and as a pastor of a church, you know, God gives you like a parapet and you are able to see uh, in a landscape, you're able to see more than most people see, and you hear just about everything. There's really not a lot of secrets in this church. If you think you're walking around with a secret right now, you're probably not. I'm just not. I'm I'm not a gossiper myself, and 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 and, and th- there are some fires that I just don't want to put out because I'm I'm not a fireman. I'm I'm not a keeper of the aquarium. I'm a fisher of men. And so uh, sometimes I just don't jump very quick. I don't respond very, very fast And because I have an overview. God, God has given me the ability to see what others can't see and to hear what others can't hear. And as a pastor, as I look over this church and I, I look over uh, the, our future and what I know God is speaking to me, what I know God is speaking to me and, and, and how that's going to happen, I'm, I'm reminded of Jesus and I, I, I hear him saying this to me and this is all going to come this is all going to make sense to you when we get to vision sunday because the lord is dealing with me very heavily this year on this subject but but when jesus is is telling his disciples as jesus is looking out on the multitudes of people that that, that need him and that need his word he realizes that i'm just i'm just one person and i can't Reach all these people, but I have apostles and disciples who can, and, and and we are better together. And so he looks at his disciples, and here's what he says. He says, when you pray, pray the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers. Laborers. Just send forth laborers. Now, that word may not mean a whole lot to you, uh, but it does for me. Um, because I used to be a laborer. When I was a young teenager, very young, between the ages of 14 and 17, I was a laborer. I, I was a day laborer. I worked in construction. That's what I did for most of my teenage years. My first job I ever had was uh, I worked at a bakery when I was 13 years old. That's I don't know what my parents were thinking, but they would let me work third shift at a bakery. This is a true story. A man in my church would pick me up at 11:30 p.m. I would. Drive with him to the bakery. We'd start baking uh, stuff at like midnight, and then we'd work all the way up to 5 a.m. And we'd have the whole bakery set up for the people coming in that early. We they had coffee, and we baked cakes and cookies. And that's right. That's what I did when I was 13 years old. I made three dollars and seventy-five cents an hour, and it was fantastic. I had money in my pocket. But around the age of 14, I started working with some guys in my church, and I worked with my uncle for a little while and. Uh, I worked with two of my uncles for a little while, just being a laborer. And now here's the description of a laborer as, as it was, you know, for me in my life. This is what a laborer did. A laborer did anything that needed to be done. I, I, I didn't really have a job. I wasn't a carpenter necessarily. I was just a laborer. And so there were days when all I would do was clean up the construction area. Uh, they would say, Hey, just, just go around here, pick up all these little pieces of wood, all this trash. And I was a laborer. So some days I just did that. And then some days he would say, Hey, we're, we're making some cuts there. I need you to, to help me over here. And I learned how to use a saw And, and, and then, you know, some days I just, I just held stuff. And then, but I was learning all the time as a laborer. I did everything on the job site really at some point. And as a laborer, I learned. I began to learn. I learned how to use a table saw. I learned how to use a skill saw. I learned how to use a miter saw. I learned how to swing a hammer. I learned how to use equipment. But I was just a laborer. I I didn't necessarily have a job description. I just did whatever needed to be done. And here's a problem with the church today is that nobody just wants to do what needs to be done. We all need a position, and we all need a name badge, and we all need an office. But that's not what God asked for. He said, I want laborers. Send forth laborers into the harvest, just people that will do whatever needs to be done. Whatever needs to happen, I'll do something because it's not my ability It's the Lord's. I will not dig a hole and hide it. I will not dig a hole and hide what the Lord has given to me, but I will use it somehow, some way, and I won't sit on it. And I won't sit on the church when I, when I think about the harvest that is in this city and the harvest that is in your neighborhood and in the people that you know and the harvest that's even in your family, even the people that may sleep under the same roof as you. That when I think about the harvest, what we need is laborers, laborers. We need people to preach. We need people to teach Bible studies. We need people to sing in the choir, but that's not it. We need people to run cameras, and we need people to help with the live streaming, and and, and we need people to help in our our nursery. Do you know how bad we need nursery workers right now? It would blow your mind to understand how bad we need nursery workers right now. But everybody wants to dig a hole. Nobody wants to use what you have. You say, I don't have a whole lot, but just do something. We need parking attendants. We need Sunday school teachers. We need Sunday school assistants. We have a lot of kids. We just need people to show up and people to just work, just do something. We need people to help open the door. We need people to help greet guests. Listen, you don't even have to be on a team to greet a guest. Did you know that? Just let me give you some revelation. You don't have to be on a team to greet someone new at the church. Just go by and say, hey, I haven't seen you before. What's your name? And we're so blessed to have you here at Truth Chapel. That's not a position that you have to have to do something. Be a laborer in the field. When you come to church, you need to be thinking, I'm going to be a laborer today. Or you can sit in your pew and you can dig you a hole and pretend like you don't have anything. It takes just as much effort to do that as it does to smile, reach out, connect with somebody, or do a job. Get on a team. We have so many teams here at Truth Chapel. So many volunteer, uh, you know, we have so many volunteer lanes here at Truth Chapel. You can get involved tomorrow. We need people. We need, Sister Gentile needs people on her team. Sister Alicia Hurst needs people on her team. Uh, the parking attendant, Brother, Brother Steve Kitchens needs people on his team. Rhonda Kitchens needs people on her team. Sister Chavis, who does our music, sh- we need people on the team. She needs people on the team. Brother Gary and Brother Greg and Brother Paulo, who run our media, uh, they need people on the team. Brother, Brother um, um, Chad and, and uh, Brother Heffington, Corey, we, they need people on the team. We need people. Just, just, we need people, people, just laborers. Just laborers. One, one day you may pick up the trash around, but one day you may cut the wood. One day you may swing the hammer, and, and one day you may do something else, but you're just a laborer. Just, uh, I, as a pastor, I just want you to do something. Do something. Just do something. Because here's what will happen if you do something. Do something. Here's what will happen. He said, I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. I'm going to tell you this today, and, and I want you to write it down. If you have no joy, then you're probably not serving anywhere. If you have a joy problem, I would say that stems from a serving problem. Because if you're serving somewhere, then you probably have joy because it is the ones who put in the energy and put in the effort to use their talents. Those are the ones that the Bible said that the master would say, enter into the joy of the Lord. Trust me, I know this. I'm a pastor. I see it all the time. People who are struggling, people who 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 have no joy, they, they don't have anything. These are the people that all are continually living in a vicious cycle of no joy. They're not doing anything. And you got to do something. You got to do something. And it it, it may not even be here at the church, uh, but maybe serve in the community. Maybe pick up your phone once or twice a week and just connect with someone in the church who you haven't seen in a while. They expect that phone call from me, but they'll never expect it from you. Hey, where you been? I love you. I miss you. What are you... What, what's going on? What's, what, what, what's your life doing? Just be a, a laborer. This is what Jesus said when he's seen the harvest. He said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into the harvest. Just people who will labor. People who will greet. People who will show forth the love of God. People who will say, you know what? Only got one talent, only got one talent, but I'm not going to use all my energy digging a hole and hiding it. If anything else, if if anything, I'll just, I'll just give it. I'll just give it. You know, I don't, I don't really know how. Like like I see some people who take their talent, and they just, man, they 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 use it, and and, and they just. They create more talents. They're just, they're just so gifted. And I see them, they had five and now they got 10, but I only got one. But instead of digging a hole, I'll just, I'll just use that one. I'll just use it. And, and, and I'll just, wherever it can go, I'll just use it. That way when the Lord returns, he can receive his talent back and the usury of the talent. Usury. That's the last thing I want to talk about tonight. Usury. Usury. What, is, what does usury mean? It, y- usury is when you give your talent to someone who knows how to use that talent. And, you, and, and you, so you give, that, you give that talent to someone who knows how to use it. They say, we appreciate you giving us your talent. They take that talent and they use it. They use it. They use it to create more talents. And then when the time comes, they give you the talent back, and they give you a, a price. They give you a price, or they give you a ransom, or they give you a fee for letting them use your, your talent. This is, I mean, literally, we, we all know what usury is because most of us have bank accounts. And if you let your money just sit in the bank for a year, you're going to get back. Like if, if, if you don't add anything to that money, if you have $10,000 in your bank account, your savings account right now, and it sits all year long, at the end of the year, the bank's going to cut you a little check for like $10 or like $1.50. And, and you're wondering, why do they give me that money? We see because when you put your money in the bank, the bank takes that $10,000 and they use it. They don't, it just don't sit in a vault somewhere. That's a safety deposit box. That's different. When you put your money in the bank, the bank takes the money, and they use that money. They use it to give other people loans, and they use it to build this, and they use it to invest in that. And there's something over here they can buy, and so they buy that. They use your money to do that. At the end of the year, they give you a horrible, a horrible percentage to use your money. It's, but that money is usury. They used your money for a year to make money, and so they paid you a little fee. They paid you a little fee to use your money, and that's why if you have a large sum of money, then you should find a place that pays better usury, like a CD or uh, an investment portfolio. There, there's other places that pay a better fee for usury. They pay a percentage of your usury. And so they'll say, hey, we'll take on your money and we'll use it, we'll use it. And instead of giving you .001%, we'll give you 5% for you letting us use your money over two, three, four, whatever the term is. That's usury. And so we understand usury. And the, the, here's what the, the master said to the servant. He said, you're wicked and you're lazy. My, my, my. You're wicked and you're lazy. There is a spirit of laziness in the church today uh, of people who just want to sit and enjoy. You don't want to do nothing. You just want to just come and eat. And I'm not trying to rebuke anybody today, but I'm telling you if that shoe fits, then you better put it on because when, 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 when the master looks at you and he sees laziness, he sees wickedness. That master called his servant wicked, and his sin was doing nothing. Nothing. And he said, you're wicked and you're lazy. You could have at least, you could have at least, I mean, at the bare minimum, you could have at least... Put my money to the exchangers, and then, at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. Could have at least just said, "I I don't know what to do with this, but I'll give it to people who do know what to do with it." That's when you show up and you say, "Hey, pastor, I don't really know what I'm good at. I don't really know where I fit in, but I'll just do anything. I don't even care. I don't even care. Like just, I'll do anything." I don't know. See, there's some people that come to the house of God. They have a talent, and they know they have a talent. They're a five-talent, a two-talent person, and they come and they say, hey, I can do this, and I want to do this, and this is my passion, and this is my desire, and this is what I want to do. And I love those people. I love those people that come and they say, man, I, I'm gifted at this. This is what I want to do. Amen. Praise God. Let's, let's get it. Let's knock it out. But there's other people. I love these people just as much, if not more, who say, I don't really know what I'm good at or whatever, but, like, what do you need? I just, just whatever. Who, who needs someone to do something? That's what the master was telling this servant. Just just do something. Do, do something. Do something. See, because here's what people like to ask me a lot as a pastor, and, and you've heard me say this before, but people ask, you know, Pastor Chavis, you know, what is, w- you know, what is the will of God for my life? You know, that, that perfect will of God. And, and I see the perfect will of God like, like a great ocean, like a great ocean. Uh, but every ocean, pouring into that ocean is, is rivers. And pouring into those rivers are, are different lakes and ponds and, and creeks. It's like it's all channeling. into this great ocean. All all these bodies of water are moving somehow, some way, and they're funneling somewhere, and they're funneling into this great ocean, little small creeks, little ponds, little lakes. And they're going to these massive rivers, and these rivers are rushing into the ocean. And so as I think about that, I think about us standing and saying, Lord, what is your will for me? And the Lord says, okay, I have a great ocean out here for you, but what you need to do now is get in the creek and and ride this creek to to this lake and and, and ride this lake out into another creek which is gonna lead you to a great river and that great river will lead you to a great ocean. It's like, I don't really know what, really what God wants me to do, but I'll get in here and I'll get in and I'll, you know what, I'll open doors And, and as I'm opening doors, I just, I start like, you know what, I, I like this. I I love communicating with people. And, and so you go from the creek, you know, to a, to a bigger creek. And you're like, you know, I, I, I'm connected here. Hey, I want to do this. And then as you do that, oh, this is this is great. Oh, I, I'm, I'm somehow, randomly, I'm really good at this. And I, I love the way it makes me feel. And now you're moving into a river. And you say, I, I, oh, I love doing this. I love, and, and you get more focused and you get more streamlined and you, Find where God wants you to be. Here's how I can guarantee you you'll never find God's will is never get involved. Never work. Never do nothing. Just come and leave. That's how I can guarantee you you'll never find God's will. But if you could say, you know what, I'll get in here. You know, I don't even really know if this is my calling. I don't even really know if if this is my gifting. I just... I just know they need help here, and so I'll help here. If you'll do that, God will move you to the next thing and the next thing, and you'll you'll find out what you're good at, and you'll find out what brings you joy, and you'll find out what fulfills you. And and you might not even know it, but you might be a five-talent person. You don't don't even know it yet. God said, I'll I'll take from the people who who aren't doing anything, and, and I'll give to the people who will do something. And, and, and if you are ruler, if you be faithful over little things, little creeks, little, little ponds, little rivers. If you'll be faithful over, the, he said, I'll make you ruler over the great things. And you will have joy in my presence. Joy. Joy. Amen. I hope that, uh, honestly, I hope this lesson tonight has convicted somebody. I, that's, that's my prayer. Hope it's convicted you. And I hope that you're going to show up next Sunday. Saying, what can I do? How can I get involved? Where can I help? Where can I help? I don't even care where it is. I just want to help. I just want to get in somewhere. That's, that's what I pray. Because I don't want the Lord to come back. I don't want the Lord to come back. Just like Jesus said, the son of man is our return. I don't want the Lord to come back and find you sitting on any kind of talent. Saying, Lord, you know, I just, look, I, I knew that you were awesome and I knew that you were powerful and so you know you gave me this ability but I just went and I dug me a hole and I put it in there because I didn't I didn't want to lose it I just wanted to keep it and you can have it back don't do that don't do that because the Lord thinks that is wicked and lazy if you can have energy enough to hide it you can have energy enough to use it amen do something do something Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word tonight. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.